But anyway, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. And, um, yeah. Hold on, y'all. I'm still for something. All right, there we go. All right, we're going to be verses 1 through 10 in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And it says, It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in body I cannot tell or whether out of body I cannot tell, God knoweth. Such a one caught up in the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in body or out of body, I tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Of such a one will I glory, yet of myself I will not glory, but in my infirmities. For though I would desire to the glory, I shall not be a fool, for I will say the truth. But now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the message of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, it might depart from me, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in, in the infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress. For Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then am I strong. Lord, please bring a word for your people. Help me, Lord. Help me through all my insecurities. Help me through all my infirmities. Help me through all my shortcomings. Help me through all my sinful nature. Help me through so that I may be bringing a word from you. So they may hear you and see you and feel you and taste the good of you and nothing of me. Hide me behind this sacred desk. So that your word may go forth to convict but not condemn, to stretch but not rip apart, to grow closer to you in humility. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the word. He's still calling you. He's still calling you. You And the reason why I want to talk to you about this today is because some of us have made some New Year's resolutions, and, and although it's just a second, we messed up already. You know how you think the 31st, and when the first come, you magically going to be this new person. Every year, here we go, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The gym going to be real crowded tomorrow, and by next week, go and have my own little section. We always make these resolutions because we know we need to indeed change. And some of it is a sense of guilt because we understand that we're not worthy. But although we're not worthy and although we have all these shortcomings, God is still calling you. Paul is noted by most to be the greatest apostle to ever live. 
Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament mostly from a jail cell. Paul did many miracles and wonders through God. Paul planted churches with ease. He'd get a tent, and the next day, 2,000 people would be saved. Paul always spoke with authority, even to officials who wanted to kill him and had the power to do so. Paul was so powerful, people would take handkerchiefs to Paul, and when he prayed over them, take it to the sick, and they would be healed. Paul was so anointed, they lay cots of people all down the streets and he walked by his shadow was shed them free Paul was so powerful a young lady that was demon possessed that was working for a handlers kept walking around and irritating him he just turned around told the demon to leave and she was delivered Paul was so great the demons knew him by name they said Jesus we know and Paul we know but who are you Paul was so awesome. It was a shipwreck. He didn't die. And a serpent came out and bit him. And they said, he must be of the devil. And God is, is going to kill him. He shook the viper off and kept on eating his sandwich. Come on, somebody. And they said, he must be a God. Paul even stood in awe of his own gifts. He's talking like the rock in third person. I knew a man, whether in body or out of body, I can't tell. God knoweth who spoke unspeakable words which no man should utter. Who caught up in the third heaven, Paul is talking about himself. He's even mind blown over the revelation that he received from God. Paul has a zeal for God like no other. His intense allegiance to the will of God the mind boggling embedded in his teaching is an unparalleled passion for developing and maturing believers. His mission in life is to prepare us to represent Jesus Christ. Paul didn't think it was enough to just be saved. He felt like we also need to appreciate and respect the responsibilities that came with it. Our actions, our lifestyles, and the manner in which we relate to people are of paramount importance to Paul. Demands in Ephesians 4 and 1 that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. In other words, we should conduct our lives in such a way that the Lord would not regret he saved us. However, in all the Paul's expectations of us, <laughs> there lies within this great theologian uh, paradoxical dilemma, uh, uh, a thorn in his side, an ailment, uh, a reoccurring sin, a glitch in his holy walk of salvation, if you will. Something kept Paul from being able to totally practice what he preached. Oh, Paul begs the Lord to remove this storm, but God refuses. God explains to him that his weaknesses make him perfect because if he did not have this problem, he would exalt himself too high. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? See, God will reduce you down to your least common denominator so he can multiply you. See, God never really wants you to feel too worthy. He, he can't use holier-than-thou people because they will destroy other people. There, there is nothing more dangerous than a prophet without a mirror. Oh, y'all don't hear me. So have you ever been around perfect people? Or, or people that thought they were perfect? 
Oh, come on, somebody. They tend to be judgmental. They tend to always act like they got it all together. And, and, and until you have an experience where you understand that you can't make it without God, it's hard for you to empathize or sympathize with people who might get caught up in drugs and people who might get caught up in prostitution and people that might get caught up in something you know you won't do. Oh, yeah, I'm trying to talk to somebody. God gives true believers of the gospel revelations far beyond that of normal men and women. Sometimes God will perform a mighty work through us or give us a divine revelation that will cause us to take a step back and say, my God, how did I do that? I can't even comprehend what just happened. And for a moment, we may want to boast about it. But when we start thinking about some of those secret sins, oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, we remain humble. It, it, it is not a mistake that God didn't allow us to know the thorn in the side of Paul that he struggled with because he wanted us to put it our own personal weaknesses in, in, in his place like the X variable in algebra. So you could put your lying or your cheating or your adultery or your backbiting or your, or your lying or whatever it is you're doing so you could understand that we are not perfect. Problem with church folk is sometimes we think we are. But James said, You a liar. He said, We all fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> we all fall short, and anybody who say they haven't is a liar. So, 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 uh, now I'm not saying this gives you a license to sin. See, see, uh, yeah, pastor, I sure got it bad. I got so many thorns, you might as well just call me Brother Rosebush. <laughs> no, 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 because the Bible says uh, uh, there's no repentance without sacrifice. He said, should we continue in seeing that grace may abound? Surely not. Uh, no, 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 you're not just covered by the blood and you're doing stuff on purpose. No, don't, you can't manipulate God. See, 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 we got to understand that, that your flaws are what make your anointing so significant because it keeps you humble. It's like the fine garment with the flaw. I told you about the time I went shopping and I went to get a Remy jacket and I didn't know where the Remy was. I just had some money in my pocket and wanted to spend it. And I said, can I get a discount because it's got a little marks on it. And the man said, certainly not. You may not. And I said, why? The flaws are what let you know it's genuine leather. Like, oh. Because if there's no flaws, that means that the additives were added into it to make it look like it had no flaws because you understand that it did come from the cow. <laughs> it's genuine leather. You understand what I'm saying? Your genuine, your, your flaws, your cracks, your crevices, your bumps your curves in life that what helps your ministry be so authentic your misery will become your ministry what better person to pull somebody out of prostitution but it's prostitute y'all don't hear me Oh, you already know what she's doing by the way she walk into the store and the counter come here girl let me talk to you because you didn't bend down that road what better person to pull somebody out of alcoholism than an ex-alcoholic 
Y'all don't hear me. And see, some of us are ashamed of where we came from and ashamed of where we are. But we have to understand that at the end of the day, God sees your past, your present, and your future at the same time. And although you messed up right now, he sees the finished product down the way. That's why he gives you grace. I'm so glad God calls me my omega and not my alpha. I'm so glad he calls me the end product and not the beginning product. He calls me what I'm supposed to be and not what I am. Oh, you better stop asking the people, who do you say I am? Remember, Jesus asked the disciples, he said, who do you say I am? And he said, some of them said that you are lying. Some of them said that you're really not the Messiah. Some of them said that your mama a liar and God ain't your daddy. And you crazy, just like your mama. And then Jesus said, well, who do you say I am? And then they began to say it, and Peter finally said, you know, you are the son, the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, bless you, Peter by Jonah. On this rock I build my church because flesh and blood, blood has not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I know people around me, can you see my flaws and still call me pastor? Can you see my mess-ups and still call me preacher? Can you see my messed-up side and still say I'm called? And if you can't call me what God called me, don't call me at all. Oh, that's how you got to be. Because before the foundation of the world, God already knew who you were supposed to be. He already called you to be a prophet. He already called you to be a lawyer. He already called you to be a doctor. He already called you to be whatever he called you to be. Before the foundation of the world, he already knew you was going to mess up. He already knew you were going to be somewhere last night you weren't supposed to be. He already knew you was going to fall. But before the foundation of the world, he had already crucified Jesus for you for everything that you'd ever do wrong. Oh. oh, I'm trying to preach. I appreciate you. The Lord brought Moses to Mount Sinai. And there's a man down there in your camp named Aaron. That's what he said to Moses. I'm sure Moses who it was because it's Moses' brother. And Aaron is going to be appointed to be a high priest. I believe that God was talking to him like this to make sure that he tried to distance uh, Moses' uh, reality, that that was his brother, to make sure he understood that I called him to do something. Don't look at what you grew up with and how he didn't didn't wipe his nose right and then how, you know, he was over uh, 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 to House and he was doing all this. Don't look at all that. I called him out. I've given him a garment made of rubies and 12 stones that's going to represent the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. I've, I've made him so anointed that when he walks in my presence, he'll be talk to me when nobody else can talk to me because you know back then people could walk in the holy of holies but a lot of times they wouldn't walk back out come on somebody he'll be able to see my face and prophesy he'll be so beautiful to everybody and, and when everybody attempts to talk to me nobody will but him Aaron sounds like an anointed man of God and all of a sudden, after Moses gets the word, he walks down with the Ten Commandments and he sees Aaron. <laughs> and I'm sure he was like, God, you sure you know what you're talking about? He got so mad, broke the tablet because Aaron was down there in the midst of an orgy. Aaron had made an engraving image and made a calf and worshiping another false god. This doesn't sound like the person that God has called. He's in the midst of idol worship. This guy doesn't have it going on. He's an idolater. He, he has, he's the head of the hypocrites, president of the failures, chairman of the defeated, busy building a golden calf into a strange god. 
God didn't look at his shortcomings. Only people look at your shortcomings is you and your friends. Oh, y'all, y'all don't hear me. See, 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 you know, if you can imagine how much your mama loves you, take that to a whole nother level. Because you can be in a marching band and, and you on the left foot and everybody on the right foot. And they'll be like, my baby, the only one on the right foot. Whole band just wrong because mama see her son. <laughs> That's how God is. But he worse than that. God will justify you and call you holy even though you're not because he loves you. As long as you believe in the redeeming blood of Jesus. So, so he said, look here, I, this is who I call. He said, I'm not going to call Aaron what he's doing right now. I'm calling him what I created him to be. See, see, you all live in this Twitter era and this Instagram messaging, and you want something right away. Do you know it took, it took uh, Moses, I mean, Noah over a hundred and something years to build the ark because the first thing he had to do was plant the trees? See, you thought he just went and built an ark. Do you know the ark was so big that you could put 60 national zoos in the ark? That's a big ark. If you break down the cubic to how big it is, bigger than many uh, uh, 200 football fields. That's how big it was. It took a long time. But the problem is you in 2022 thinking that you done messed up all of 2021 thinking because the sun went down on the 31st, you're going to wake up new. <laughs> it's going to take some time. I know you teach Sunday school and people are set free and you're wondering when is your deliverance going? And if you got caught doing some of the things you do, the church will get rid of you. I stopped by to tell you that God is still calling you in spite of yourself. Before you was in a, twi a twinkle in your daddy's eye looking at your mama, he already knew who he made you to be. And if you already knew who you made, he made you to be before you were even born, why do you think God is going to just utterly destroy you because you messed up a few times? Uh, let, let, me, let me go ahead and get to this. See, can I tell you something? Jesus was born in a manger for a reason. You know, a manger, I know we, when we do the little, the little nativity scene, we always make it look like and Jesus was just had this, this gilded cradle made of gold. And we make it look so good and so clean. And even though we're in a manger, everything all neat, ain't no, ain't no feces around. It smell all good. And Mary smell like, you know, grape upon and stuff and potpourri and... Joseph smell like Versace and, 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 and we got the, even the donkeys smell good. They ain't real, but they smell good. Everything is so nice. But do you know a manger is a trough where they put the stuff in, the leftover food, the, the meat, the chicken, the bones, the trash that they put in for the animals to eat? And that's where Jesus was. 
was, Jesus was put there to let you know that God can use you even when you come out of dirt and refuse. There is a holy call in earth and vessel. You are a nothing but a bag of dirt, but when you connect to Jesus and the Holy Spirit is magnified in you, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I know you're not living your life the way you're supposed to live it, but God is going to use you. He used murderers. He used liars. He used cheaters. He used he used thieves. And he used all these folk in the Bible that we, we praise and almost worship. But at the end of the day, you look at yourself and you look at your neighbor and you say, if you have any sin in your life, God can't use you. Well, stop reading your Bible. I was struggling and a lot of times what we do is we compare ourselves to people and that's why we keep staying in sin. I was struggling because I was writing this for preachers and pastors because you know, uh, we know how it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sister Wynn, you know how it is preachers. When you're preaching for preachers, you got to go ahead and exegete the text because you got to let people know that you know something about the Bible because when you're preaching to preachers, they want to know you, you, you know something besides. He didn't want to know you went to school. And so because I was having this conversation last night, I wanted to begin to say, let me go through the theologians and make sure I know what everybody's thinking. Let me find out what they thought so I can begin to say what Jesus said and support what it is I'm trying to tell them because I know they're listening to me because a lot of them only have virtual and they're already priests anyway. And, and so I turned to James Cone, but, but as I read his philosophy of the social gospel, I got caught up in liberating the black man that I forgot that the gospel was for everybody. <laughs> and then I turned to Emmanuel Kant, but he told me that religion was a presupposition of moral action and religious doctrine is simply a value judgment. And it's naive for Christianity to it as a fact and that Jesus should be accepted as a historical figure and nothing more. Therefore, I, I couldn't deal with that. And, and so then I turned to Carl Barth and for answers, and even though he was a great opponent of theolo- theological liberalism of the, and the modernism of Immanuel Kant, Carl might reject me because I'm not neo-orthodox. And then I turned to Rudolf Boltman, and he told me that all that matters is the thatness, not the whatness of Jesus, only that Jesus existed, preached, and died by crucifixion matters, not what happened throughout his life. I said, I feel you, Brother Boltman, I'm good. But then I kept on reading. And I remember that he had this philosophy uh, of the, uh, uh, the, 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 the hermeneutic could be crafted without the use of the Holy Spirit. I said, I can't use that. I don't believe in the demethodization. I don't believe in that. And so then I turned to Freud. And, and Freud made me realize that he didn't make any sense either because he said that we all need a father figure. And when we grow up, not do, we forget about our mama and daddy. But then we got to create something else in our head to make him our father. So we create this God thing that ain't real. Oh, then I turned to Dietrich Bonhoeffer. 
And although he was a great liberator and galvanized the church to resist Hitler, I said, I can deal with him. But when they executed him in 1945, he didn't get back up. Oh, y'all don't hear me what I'm saying. And after I was disappointed by great theologians over and over again, I finally turned to the Holy Spirit and asked him, what can wash away my sins? And he said, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Then I said, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, you better tell your neighbor, I don't care what you say about me, I don't care what you think about me. All I know is that Jesus' blood is the only thing that can cure me. You don't have a heaven or hell to me in, so your opinion does not matter to me. You can talk about me. You can ostracize me. You can criticize me. You can tweet about me. You can Instagram about me. You can write on my wall and talk about me on Facebook, but I ain't gonna pay you no mind because my God Oh, don't let people make you feel bad when you fall into some mess and saying you call yourself a Christian. You just let them know, yes, I do. Yeah, we both fall. But the only difference between me is I get back up because I know I'm justified by faith. And even if I fall seven times, come on, somebody. The Bible says a just man falls seven times. It don't just mean he fails seven times. Seven is a a number of completion, which means no matter how many times I fall, my God will pick me back up. As long as I say, Lord, help me. I'm not a hypocrite because somewhere I read that Abraham was the father of faith, but he couldn't stop lying about Sarah being his wife because she was so fine. They thought he thought they was going to kill him, but God still used him. Somewhere I read that Noah built an ark in the middle of the desert had never seen rain before brought in seven pairs of all clean animals and two pairs and two of every unclean animal but he couldn't leave the ENJ alone but God still used him Moses led 3.5 million Israelites out of Egypt cut somebody out Killed somebody. Stuttered so much. Couldn't even talk. God said, don't call me Elohim. Don't call me El Elyon. Don't call me Jehovah Jireh. Because you can't talk fast enough. When Pharaoh asks you, who sent you? Just say I am. Can you say that? Defeated over a hundred and something thousand Philistines, but only dealing with 300 folk. But he doubted God the whole way. But God still used him. Elijah called down fire on a water soaked stone altar, burned. 
burn it up. But when Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, he went and ran away. But God still used him. Jeremiah wrote one of the great books in the Bible. But he cried all day long. He cried so much they called him the weeping prophet. But God still used him. Jacob was a swindler and a hustler. Wrestled with God by faith. The tribe of Israel came out him he was so messed up God had to change his name but God still used him Samson killed 300 on Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey but he couldn't Silas house let her cut his hair and take his strip but God still used David was such a whoremonger, was out there. David was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat, definitely was his home. He was so messed up. When he was about to die, they put two fine women in the bed. And when they didn't touch him, they said, oh no, the king is dead. Even, oh, y'all don't hear me. God still used him, using to kill Goliath, using to kill so many soldiers. God still used him, even though he was walking in the flesh. So can I tell you this? When the devil accuse you, when he talk about you, let him know I've been redeemed. I've been vaccinated. I've been inoculated by the precious blood of Jesus. I don't need to know the Levitical law. I don't need to know the Old Testament. But he is my sacrificial lamb. He is my blood covenant. He is my tabernacle. He is my peace. He is my Lord. He is my deliverer. He is my peace. He is my Passover. Tell every demon. Tell every hex. Tell every generational curse. Tell every witch. Tell every warlock. Tell every sickness. Tell every disease that I've been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And even in my messed up state, he's still calling me. your blessing. Press down. Shake it together and run it over. Why? Not because you're so good. But Psalm 23 says it like this. He don't bless me for you. He don't bless me for me. He don't bless you for your mama. He don't bless you for your daddy. He don't bless you for your wife. He said I bless you for my name's sake. Because you mind. you on the 
Y'all better watch out. Woo. First time, don't be scared. I'm usually more intelligent than this. I just had to get ignorant today. It's the first day of the year. Jesus. His name is above all names. Sickness. Isn't that a name? Jehovah Tyrant is your provider. Just say Jesus. Hey, you don't need to know. Jehovah Shalom is your peace. Just say Jesus. You don't need to know that El Shaddai is the God above all of the gods. All you gotta do is say Jesus. You don't need to know. Jehovah Nisi is your victory. Just say Jesus. You don't need to know. Jehovah McKinnis is your sanctifier. Just say Jesus. You don't need to know El Elohim. You don't need to know it. Just know that Jesus has made a way out of no way. No matter what your thorn is. No matter what your setback is. No matter what your infirmity is. No matter what your weakness is. No matter what your sin is. God has redeemed you. Woo! I'm a scared. I'm going to scare the sophisticated word network with this one. The other ones have been so calm and cool and cool. But I, I need to know in 2022. See, I, I, can, can you just do this? I, I like twos better than ones. And I'm just going to just go ahead and say I, I want my double portion of my anointing in 2022. God, I'm going to just go ahead and intercess for all of y'all. And God, since we done been through all this hell in 2021. Lions and tigers and americorns. <laughs> Deltas. Sigmas and alphas. <laughs> they done took up all the tech on <laughs> I don't want to be Greek. I'm glad I ain't played. Y'all are disease up here. <laughs> Delta, beta. I'm how many strands they got. But I won't walk in fear. Because God has redeemed me. God has covered me. I'm not saying don't be dumb. I'm not saying don't get vaccinated. I'm not saying don't wear your mask. But I'm not walking walk in fear. I'm walking with the wisdom walk in wisdom, but I'm not going to walk in fear. Man, I believe God had me preaching to a preacher this morning. That's why he had me do that sermon. And I know that's exactly what was going on because I was talking way past midnight last night. I don't talk to nobody too much on Saturday, but I just had to deal with that situation. And it's, 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 it's hard to be a leader. But it's hard to just live in 2022. All this stuff going on around us, you got to be like, do I, I, do I go to church? Do I not? If I go to church, it's too, so many things to think about. But if you go to work, yeah, you need to go to church. 
You go to the grocery store, yeah, you need to go to church. You go to Walmart, you definitely need to go to church. You go to the gas station, yeah, you need to go to church. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go over your cousin's house, play card, yeah, you, you probably need to go to church. You, you send your child to school, yeah, you, you probably need to go to church. You your child to daycare, yeah, you, you probably probably need, need to go to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, you went outside, yeah, you probably do need, need to go to church. But 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 what I'm saying is, I'm not gonna walk in fear. You know, don't don't let anybody cause you to walk in fear. Again, if you get vaccinated, do it because that's what you feel. If you don't get vaccinated, I I, I know they say you can't play both sides of him, but I, I, I ain't mad at nobody for what they do. Just don't sneeze on me without a mask. We gonna fight. I'm saying I don't care if you vaccinated or not vaccinated. See, I was like this before they had this out there. I'm, I'm, I'm through. This is what I want to say to you all. 2022, you got to walk in boldness. Boldness. You got to walk in boldness. Hey, you got to walk in boldness and empower. You understand? Don't let the devil cause you not to obtain what God wants you to obtain. And one of the main ways he keeps you from walking in your blessings is to keep you in fear. And all the stuff that's going on right now is keeping us in fear. I understand there's a virus out there, but I can't walk in fear. And so when you start walking in fear and you start walking and starting to think about all the sins you did, can I tell you something? As a man or woman, think if so is he or she. So if you keep thinking about the sin you did, that's what you're going to keep doing because that's what your mind and your thoughts are on. That's why you got to look toward the hills and what's coming as your help. Because when you look toward the hill what's coming as your help and begin to walk toward the hill what's coming as your help, the other stuff fall off. The problem is when you keep looking back and feeling guilty. Now, I'm not saying don't be convicted, but I'm saying don't keep feeling guilty and keep doing it because you're going to keep walking back to it because that guilt and that fear is going to keep you connected to it. But when you say, look here, I ain't going to be worrying about that no more. I know I failed even yesterday. I know I failed right before I came to church. But I'm going to look toward the hills of what's coming my help. And he's going to handle everything else. Walk in your boldness. I'm going to end right here because I know God is going to bless you. He's going to give you a double portion of his anointing. We'll be, we'll be on our series next week. But I had to give you that because I know I need to preach to that man of God this morning for what he's going through. But I know you needed to hear this as well because some of us are walking in guilt. Let it go. So can I tell you something? If men if have to cook, would you? Right? If... If you didn't have to go to work, would you? Huh? Right, 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 right. If, 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 if you wouldn't never stink, would you have to take a shower? Would you? Right? It's a lot of stuff that you didn't have to do, you wouldn't do it. Right? So why would Jesus let them put nails in his hands? String him up on a cross. Stretch him wide. One of the Psalms that every joint in his body was dislocated. Why would he go through all that if he didn't need to? He did it because he knew you couldn't do it on your own. And he knew I couldn't either. He said, I'm going to finish this race for you because you aren't able to do it. So that'll give you a clue that you're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're not going to walk 
perfectly because you're not God. James says you should try to do it to walk in perfection, but you ain't going to make it. But he said you got to try to be perfect because even though you ain't, if you try to be perfect, then you will live a better life. You ain't going to never make it, but try. That's what he says. So when you fall bad for a moment, dust yourself off, repent in the name of Jesus, tell him to give you the strength to not walk in it, and understand there's a thorn of being your side, but his grace is sufficient. And see, the word grace, you need to hear this, because we say grace and mercy interchangeably. Remember, mercy is God not doing to you what he should grace his grace is sufficient grace means to give you the ability to do something that you can't do so his grace can keep you out of sin but you have to give it to him and the grace of him gives you the power to do it because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you so you have the grace to be perfect the problem is are you going to give it to him Paul kept saying, take this thorn from my side. And Jesus said, no, my grace is sufficient. It's going to stay there. But you can keep from doing it. But you have to trust me. Because that thorn in your side keeps you humble, Paul. So you won't think you all that in the bag of chips and the apple and the grapefruit juice. I hate grapefruit juice. Grape juice makes it feel better to me. Because grapefruit juice would make me humble anyway. <laughs> So what I'm saying is this, his grace is sufficient. You made it through 2021. If you still here, he has a vision for you. The Bible said where there's no vision, the people perish, which means if he was done, you wouldn't be here. So the thing about it, tomorrow is not promised. So keep on living the way you're supposed to live. See, if, if you are here, there's a purpose you have not fulfilled. See, ask People Magazine. People Magazine printed out the 100th birthday of Betty White. She died on the 31st. Her birthday wouldn't have been until January the 17th, but they had already printed all the, the, the magazines. Some people already received them, but she won't reach 100. She died at 99. You never know. Tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Even if People Magazine prints your birthday coming, print that he's already wrote it like, it, like it, it, she was still here. Because, you know, they write them in advance and say, oh, yes, you know, oh, it's her birthday and this is what she's going to do. And this is what she did on her birthday, but she didn't make it. You may not make it. Not trying to scare you, but some people have died. But this is what I want to say right now. Tomorrow is not promised. Tomorrow is not promised. Everybody just knew Betty White was going to make 100. Everybody just knew that the only golden girl, she going to make it, girl. She didn't. So at the end of the day, tomorrow is not promised. His grace is sufficient, but you need to come to him. Because he says, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my father. And what he's saying, if you confess that I'm the Lord Jesus Christ and that I died on the cross so that you may not perish but have everlasting life, I'll make sure I vouch for you with your sinful self when you come to the gates of heaven.